Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. We are in First Corinthians chapter 11. And Apostle Paul was talking in this chapter about the covering of the women with their hair is there, is given to them for a covering. And you can read that again from, from verse 7, 8, 9, 10. He said, when you get to verse 15, he says, the nature even tells us that if a man has a long hair, it is a shame unto him. If a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is giving her for a covering. So that's where we get the revelation that Apostle Paul was talking about the hair, long hair for the women to cover them, was given for a glory and for covering. And that was what he was talking about. He wasn't talking about putting another handkerchief or scarf to cover the head when they are praying. No, he's talking about their long hair, leave it long, because in the in the in the other countries, they have long hair and what they normally do is look like it's bordering them when it's long and flowing. So they try to fold it up and look smart so when they are doing their work. But when they want to pray, they are to lose it and cover themselves with it. And that's what only women will do. Not that they have to use handkerchief to just cover another cloth to cover their head. No, they lose their hair to cover themselves. But when they feel like they are, they want to look smart to do their job, they fold it up to look smart. Because the long hair that's flowing upon their shoulder out of their back is kind of distracting them, disturbing them to do their work. But that's the word that God is saying. It is given to them for a covering. So when they want to pray to God, they want to cover themselves and they lose that hair to cover themselves. What about we and other countries that don't have long hair like that? Yeah, whatever hair you have as a woman, let it grow long and pray like that. And if you have to use attachment to make it flow to your back, that's fine too. Because that does, it's not commanded that you have to get it to flow like a... The European women that have long flowing hair. If your it's not long flowing, but it's just up like that, that's good enough. It's covering your head. It's covering your head, but don't cut it like men and be smarting, look, smart looking like men. That's becoming an abomination again, because it says you are not to. A man should not put on a woman's dress. A woman should not put on a man's dress. That's becoming a woman, a man dress when you cut your hair off and look smart like men and think you are doing something a good thing. You can't pray like that. Some say, well, if I have color, maybe I should use cloth to cover it. That is becoming, uh, what do call it, permissive thing. You want to be in the best, in the perfect will of God, let your hair grow for a woman and let you cover yourself. And that was what the Lord was pointing out. Now let's go on in the first Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17 now. Now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not. Now it's going to talk about something else because these are all issues in the midst of the Corinthian churches. This one is going to talk about, it's going to talk about the breaking of bread, I believe, yes. That, we, that, was, that was initiated by Christ and is being carried on that we have to do this often to break bread together in solemnity. And let's watch verse 17 and forward is going to talk about now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not, that ye come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when ye come together in the church, I hear that there is there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you. That they which be which are approved may be made manifest among you. When ye come together, therefore, into one place. This is not to eat the Lord's Supper. This is not how to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone take it before another. 
his own, his own supper. And one is hungry, another one is drunken. I mean, I mean, they turn into a feast, and they call it a breaking of bread, the supper of the Lord. So it's not a feast where you grab the best and eat and pack it into your table and so on and so forth. Say, what have ye not houses to eat and to drink in, or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. So the, in that generation, maybe they are taking the the supper as if like it's a feast, and then everybody is grabbing the the, the drink and the bread and packing on their place and some are food and the other will have nothing left over. Say so, no, you you are, this is a solemnity. This is not a a feast. If you have a feast separately in your house, but when you come together for this breaking of bread, it is a solemnity thing. And that's what is addressed in verse 26. Therefore, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. This breaking of bread that is done now in the church. Of course, when he was realizing this, that was different from in our generation. Nobody is doing what he described that is happening in the Corinthians, where they have some are drunken, some are hungry. When they are doing breaking of bread, that could have been names. People may do that when they are doing the general fast, general feasting. But he's saying. If you want to feast, feast in your house, when you come together for breaking of bread, it's a solemnity, solemnity. And it's not a big loaf of bread, but you grab a big loaf of bread for themselves. No, it's a little piece, a token symbolizing the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. Say, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, if we go back to the book of the gospel where this was described to us, you will see that it was when supper was actually ended. I mean, it's not like that is the bread they were going to eat for that, for that dinner. When you took the bread and break it and did that, Sacrifice and say, Do this in remembrance of me. It's a token of his body and his blood. It's not like a, this is the feast of bread I'm going to do. So that's why it shouldn't be particular, part, you know, taken off like a, like a feast. So if we go back to it, I'll go back to Naomi to see how it was done when it was happened. When it happened, it was almost after, after the supper was ended that he did that. And he told them to eat this in remembrance of me. It's a solemnity thing. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. You are showing the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, this is the warning is given to believers, whosoever shall eat this bread, and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Note that word, unworthily. We are worthy, but you can be doing something unworthily. Shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So, he was talking about, if you want to partake of the breaking of bread, you should do it solemnly. That's, that's the 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 worldliness that was put in with reference because it's symbolizing the body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for us 
and it's not to be grabbed as fist where somebody grabbing a whole loaf and the other one don't have a piece to, to eat. That was what he was addressing. He said they were to do it with solemnity and not unworthy. And then he also said, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. You are to think of this as designing, he's going to mention designing the body of Christ in the moment, but this, remember you are this but this is representing the body of our lord jesus christ and when you design it probably if you recognize it it is the fact that it is his body that was broken for us for our healing of our body and that will be another not to make your body be well for you that eat it and drink it unworthily eat it and drink it damnation to himself not designing the lord's body the lord's body is to be designed that it is one there should be no disunity in the body of christ if people are partaking of the bread of the of the body of Lord Christ and they are causing division among the believers, calling people names, or not having or having grief or having grievances against one another, malice against one another, then you are not designing, you are not properly recognizing that the body of God should be one. We should love one another. We should walk in love and in harmony. If you are not walking in love and harmony, and you have hatred against a brother and this hill uh, feeling against another sister. All those type of things is disunity in the body of Christ in your spirit, and you are not designed the body of Christ that we should be walking in love and harmony. So if you have that, you are you are hitting the body and the bread and the body of Lord Jesus Christ unworthily. So that's why I say, examine yourself. Then you hit. Then you examine yourself and see: Am I having any offense with anybody? Do I have any urge, any grudge against anybody? If you do, repent of it, settle it with one another. Then you can eat of the bread. That's why I say, examine yourself, then you can eat. But if you eat unworthily and drink unworthily, you are drinking damnation unto yourself. That's what he's saying here. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sick, many sleep. In verse 13. So that's the reason why many believers that ought not to be sick or dead dying, they were sick and dying young because they were not designing the Lord's body. It's not just the breaking of bread that's killing them, or this. it's because they are not walking in that love that God commanded. And if you come together, you should be examining yourself to make sure you are walking in love and you are not having grudges against anybody. You are not walking in animosity against anybody. Which you, you do as often as you do this, you remind yourself of walking in love with your brother, with your sister, and have no ill feeling. Because if you are not walking in love, then all of these sicknesses and death will be coming upon believers that are not walking in love. Because that is the repercussion of not walking in love. So that's why I said. For this reason, for the cause of the fact that they are not designing the lost body, they are not realizing that the lost body is to be one, there should be oneness in the body of Christ, no disunity. We shouldn't be having grievances against one another, we should settle our problems. We shouldn't be having uh, grudges against one another, we should love one another. If all of those are not, falling, not being taken seriously, then people will be falling sick and dying. That's what he's saying there. It's not the breaking of even if you don't eat the break if you don't eat bread at all you don't eat breaking of bread you don't do breaking of bread at all for for the rest of your Christian fellowship but you are still having grudges you are not designed the lost body you are having disunity you are not designed the lost body that the lost body should be one we should all be walking in love and if you are not designed the lost body that's why those sickness and disease and death comes among people and they live their life long because they are not designing the lost body they are not walking in love they are not cleaning themselves of all this ill feeling, grudges, unforgiveness, 
Those are the things that causes all these diseases and sicknesses. Verse 31 says, For if we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So many of those people, when they die young like that, they are being judged right now in the world so that they are not sent to hell, lake of fire. But dying young is not the will of our Father. It is being delivered unto the hand of Satan that makes them kill people by accident, by diseases that put them short, short, you know, cut their life short. When God said, long life, will long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? That's the promise of God. So we have to examine ourselves and the bread of, and the body and blood of that we partake in, the baking of bread, is to heal us. Once we repent, it will heal our body, we bring the healing back, the spiritual ordinance back into our spiritual and body so that we are healed and made well. And the sickness and sicknesses should not come near us. And that is really what the ordinance should do for us when we do it rightly. That's why I say, if we judge ourselves, we shall not be judged. But when somebody is judged by the Lord, they will chase things so that they are not consent to the hell with the world. They are going to be judged. If they die young, it's because they, and they are Christians, it's because they are being judged speedily or not so that they don't go to a lake of fire or hell. But as they say, wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. I mean, do it solemnly. Wait till everybody is there, then you break the bread together. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home. That you come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. So he was setting that in order for them that look, the breaking of bread is not just a feast for party where everybody just grab the bread and say, do it solemnly, wait for one another, the believers. And then you break the bread, you remember, your, you examine yourself, and then you partake. But examine yourself means check yourself. If you have any hurt against anybody, forgive the person right now, clear it from your heart, ask the Lord to forgive you. And ask the brother if they are in the fellowship to forgive you and then partake of the bread in love. And then you will be healed. That ordinance will work for, for us. Now we're going to go to chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Apostle Paul is going to address some other things, which is the spiritual gifts. Chapter 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, which we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles. Carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were, as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a cause. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, many people have tried to understand that Bible verse. If any person is prophesying, he says, speaking by the Spirit. So, you're not talking of when any woman being just openly from his own intelligence is speaking. Because anybody from your intelligence, you may say, Jesus is Lord, without your heart even believing it. Not so. But he's talking of when there is a spirit involved, that the spirit is prophesying through this man, a spirit is prophesying or speaking through this man, and that spirit, if it's the Holy Spirit that is prophesying through him, he will never say Jesus is cursed. He will say Jesus is Lord. That's what he's saying. And people have used that to be able to dis, dis, distinguish between what, what spirit is prophesying. When that, when that spirit is speaking through the fellow, if you stop that spirit and tell the spirit to confess that Jesus is Lord, the spirit, not the man, 
Because any man can say Jesus is love verbally from his head. But when the Spirit is manifesting and you tell the Spirit to confess that Jesus is Lord, if they are working for Satan, if that Spirit is working for Satan, he will not confess that Jesus is Lord. But what they found out was that during the time of this, of this uh, Corinthian church, some people will come forward and they are prophesying, and when they are called prophesying, they are actually cursing, saying Jesus is not in the, the Lord. And people wonder that what is, what is going on? This man is prophesying and he's saying Jesus is not in the Lord. And that's why I say anyone that is prophesying, speaks, saying, speaking, is not speaking from the Spirit of God. It's uh, some demons that possess these people, like some false, some people that have other, other spirits, and they just come in among the believers and they see them prophesying. They also because, because the demons also can prophesy. Spirits of infirmity can prophesy in some churches, called spiritual churches. They are not born again. They don't feel the Holy Ghost, but it's demons, only religious demons that will come upon them and speak. And those religious demons have, can prophesy, and if they were to speak, they would be saying, Jesus is not the Lord. But you have to challenge them to say it. Before they say it, otherwise they will just be prophesying, making you feel that they are also prophesying. See? And they are not sent by the Lord. So that is what he is addressing here, that any spirit that is prophesying, anyone speaking by the, by the Spirit of God, will not be calling Jesus a cause. And no man can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. Verse 4. Verse 5. And there are differences of administration by the same Lord. He's going to tell us how the Holy Ghost operates right now in the midst of the church. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with it. With all. That is, God distributes his gifts of the Holy Ghost in the body of Christ so that every man can profit with it. Some are speaking in tongues, some are interpreting, some are prophesying, some are giving word of knowledge, word of wisdom. It does not put all these gifts in one single man. You may have two of the manifestations. They are manifestation of the Spirit. The Spirit is in everybody. The Spirit of God is in everyone that is born again. Remember that. And then he baptized with the Holy Ghost, so you have additional power gifts in you. Now, it's not the it's not the every man that we manifest every gift, but he manifests some gifts at, as he likes from some different people. But the same spirit, he can manifest the word of knowledge from this man, and also perhaps speaking in tongues of him three or four. But he doesn't put everything in this man, and nobody else has it. So he's giving this one to be able to do this. But everybody is giving the speaking in tongues like the promise to, of Christ to everybody in Mark chapter sixteen. He said, "These signs shall follow and believe in me." In my name they shall cast out the they shall speak with new tongues. That is general to everybody. But this extra gift that is being described here, extra manifestation of the Holy Spirit, uh, on top of that, on top of the speaking in tongues for that everybody should have, as he has given a promise in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, 18, 16, 17, 18. That promise is for everybody to speak in tongues. Now this all that extra gifts is manifested through believers as the Spirit wills, and when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, special baptism, baptism that we have when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, infilling of the Holy Ghost will give you one or other of these extra gifts on top of the speaking in tongues. Remember that. Verse 8 said, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith that's special faith now. Because everybody has faith to believe God. That's called saving faith. 
Without faith, you can't even believe God. You can't even be saved. But now you are saved. That is the saving faith. But there's an extra level of faith to be able to do wonders. That is talking about that's called gift of faith. It's, it's a special faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of faith. What kind of gift of faith is that? To call the dead back to life is a gift of faith. To tell the fig tree to wither is a gift of faith. And don't shake. You don't doubt in your mind. You say this has not been. To command the snow to stop is a gift of faith, which the Lord has demonstrated to, to many of us. I, I personally have done that in I've given testimony of that. When we command that there will be no more snow for so many weeks and it was stopped or stopped the rain. Those are gifts of faith that the Lord operates when we do that. When you command the rain not to stop. I've done that. I've given testimony of that when I was preaching everywhere. That I will, the rain will try to fall. I will command the rain. You don't fall until I'm done here. And that is gift of faith. So that's what he's talking about. To another gift of faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healings. By the same spirit. Now they mentioned that just plural gifts. Because it's not one gift of healing that we heal every kind of disease. The Lord Jesus Christ was able to was healing every kind of disease because he has all. The Bible, the Bible tells us that the spirit was given to the logical without measure. But we individual believers, we are given measures of the spirit. And if you have half a cup, you have one cup, you have two cups, you have three cups, according to how the spirit wants. We are given by measure. So that, that's why we cannot do everything that he, the logic was able to do when he was on earth. We do some, but the collective body of believers can do all those things that he did because he is distributed to every members of the body of Christ. But we are all given by measure. So, you remember that you may not be able to call the dead back to life because you have not been given the gift of faith to do that. You see? But you may be able to prophesy. So, there are different measures that he is manifesting through different individuals. He said, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the designing of spirits. Designing of spirits, you'll be able to design of spirits, you'll be able to see into the spirit world and see both angels or demonic spirits. Designing of them means seeing them. That is designing of spirits. And why you have to see them? There's a purpose for seeing them. You know what's behind this trouble, not so when you design. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Now you say diverse kinds of tongues, that's different from the speaking in tongues that he gave to everybody. When it came, everybody get the speaking in tongues, we give you one language. Then when he added diverse kind of tongues, means when you are speaking in tongues, that can change from this language to another language for God's purpose. That was used in many places where it's changing from this language to another language because you wanted to talk to somebody that is part of Chinese. You don't know, you are now speaking Chinese. You could just hear what you are saying because he was born Chinese, not so he, was, he knew Chinese. Not so. And then after you are spoken, you don't you can't speak Chinese from your own intellect intellect and that man comes to you say you are saying that oh, is that language what i said yeah, god just means that to him. god has used that off and on in many places but that's called diverse kind of tongues where he could change from this language to another language that will be additional manifestation that we say is on top of the speaking in tongue that you have a prayer tongue for you to just pray to the father in your house which is given to every individual one tongue or the other so that interpretation of tongues is another gift where the minister, one person may be speaking in tongues and you just hear it as if he's talking to you in your language, in your English. You hear, you know, that you learn that tongue 
because if you are Chinese and somebody in your congregation is speaking Chinese, you know by because you are born Chinese and you know Chinese language. That's not the interpretation of tongue we are talking about. We are talking about another gift that just opens your ears and your and your intelligence to to hear what that man is speaking in that language, and you are just hearing as if he's spoken to you in the language that you you understand and you are just relating it to the to the people. It becomes prophecy. It becomes prophesying that fellow is speaking to you, you are hearing it in the spirit and you are interpreting it, it becomes prophecy. And when it is done, you can't even say that language because you don't know that language yourself. Not so. But you just heard what you were saying in the language you can understand and you are saying it to the people. That's called interpretation of tongues. But those are all manifestations of the spirit. And it distributed to the believers as he likes. This is what Apostle Paul is saying. Verse 11 says, But all these walk that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So since it's the Holy Ghost that's controlling it, you can't grab it and say, I want you to give me this. Everybody, many of us have made that mistake when we are babies in Christ. I want this Lord, I want this gift, Lord, and we never get anything. We pray and pray for it, we never get it because it's distributing the manifestation of it as we the Spirit of God is already in us, but what he manifests today depends on him. You may even have the gift and you are ministering in the church and look like God is going to use the gifts of word of knowledge and you never use it on that day. Because it is not you just turn it on. No. If you are turning it on, that means it is you that is faking something or it is the demon that is working through you. If it is the Holy Ghost, genuine Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost turn it on when he likes, as he wills. Many people become a performer. They come to the congregation, they want to say, I see something about you, you are this, you are that, you are that, I see something about you, and they are performing. And everybody begins to want to be prophesied to like that. That may be you doing it, or an evil spirit speaking through your mouth. But it is when it is Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost turn it on when He wants. You may have the gift and you He doesn't turn it on. You don't hear anything. Just praise the Lord, just be watching the Lord. See? You say, wait, wait, do you have any word for me? People go to ministers and say, you always prophesy, do you have any word for me? Unless the Holy Ghost manifests it, you can't just turn it on, oh, I have God, let me switch the button, no. toss the Lord, toss the Lord, no. That is not so. You will be making, giving the devil opportunity to speak through your mouth, lies. When the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost manifests it as he wills, so that you can't be consulting this man as a prophet. In fact, the Bible says it is, it is wrong, heresy for anybody that's a believer, to be consulting prophets, to be looking for guidance from prophets. Because you are expected to be a prophet because the Holy Spirit is in you also. Holy Spirit is in everybody. Don't go and ask for counseling from one man called prophet and say, what does the Lord say through you to me? That is heresy. Because in the Old Testament, they were doing that because only prophets have Holy Ghost. But in the New Testament, everybody is giving the Holy Spirit. That's why Christ said, these signs shall follow them that believe everybody. In my name, they shall cast out devils. So it is everybody is giving the Holy Spirit so that you should be able to get counseling from the Holy Ghost inside you. Listen to the Holy Spirit inside you. Learn to listen to the Holy Ghost. We preach some other sermons in that. Learn to listen to the Holy Ghost that's inside you. Not go to a prophet to, or a pastor to give you guidance. You can ask for guidance from the natural intelligence. Not so. Some people have experience in life, they can guide you on that. But when it comes to spiritual guidance from the Holy Spirit, as you say, you will go to a prophet to prophesy. No, it's not allowed in the body of Christ. People are doing it, but it's wrong. In the New Testament, you are expected to be guided by the Holy Ghost as in you. Learn to be guided by the Holy Ghost. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by a man that is filled with the Spirit of God. <laughs> and I say, my prophet is filled with God, he's leading me. No, you are to be led by the Spirit of God in you, then you are a son of God. You understand that? So we are to all individually be led by the Spirit of God. So make sure you are learning from the Holy Ghost that's in you. That is what the Lord wants us to understand. Let's continue because we're going to wrap this up in a few minutes. But all this worked that one and self seems to be divine to every man and severally as he will. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized to one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. We are going to continue this in the next broadcast. Because this is talking about the gifts of the Holy Ghost and how it operates in the body of Christ. We need to stay a little longer in this. We continue in the next broadcast. God bless you.